0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Adam Hawkins. In each episode, I present a small batch of a theory and practices behind building a high-velocity software organization. Topics include DevOps, Lean, software architecture, continuous delivery, and conversations with industry leaders. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Small Batches. This is the Third and final part of my conversation with Steve Pereira. Steve is the founder of Visible Consulting, the author of a very handy ebook on flow engineering, and the founder of the Flow Collective. In this part of the conversation, we continue our discussion on flow engineering. We talk a lot about, you know, the experience of working in different size organizations and when, you know, what kind of are the conditions you need to start working on flow engineering we also come back to the fractal nature of value stream thinking and the ideas of flow and we also talk about why it's so important to start mapping to surface the problems in the connections in your organization so with that i give you part three of my conversation with steve Pereira. Steve welcome back to small batches in the previous episode we talked a little bit about flow engineering capabilities like how to think about them and how they all relate and we left off talking about like how to use this stuff what to do with it but before we talk about that I do have a question which is who or like what organization is this ideal for like size maturity I mean who's the ideal candidate for this type of exercise?
1: Yeah, that's a favorite question of mine. And I really think that it's something of a fractal question to bring us back to fractals (laughs) again. But uh, honestly, like the biggest organizations see the biggest results from this. There's a reason why this originated out of manufacturing and large-scale manufacturing because waste gets hidden at scale Mm. and opportunities get hidden at scale and complexity is a real problem In larger organizations, there's very few people, if any, who can see beyond their role and see even a portion of the value stream that they're working in. And so, like the larger organizations, you see a massive, immediate, just like huge opportunity for low hanging fruit that the team could probably tackle the next day Mm -hmm. without automation, without really changing their processes there's usually a ton of stuff that they could just stop doing because you, ha- you get everyone in the room who represents the value stream. You get a decision maker in there and everybody sees that that thing that they're doing drives so little value. Sometimes it causes more problems than it's solving. And everyone can just in that moment say, okay, let's just not do that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. just, let's just not do that the next sprint. And all of a sudden, you, know, you might get a day a week back from all these things these low hanging fruit items and that really happens in a large organization in a smaller organization it's easier to keep everything in your head there's probably a few people who really know what's going on from start to finish or feel confident that they do and have you know they they could actually dig up the information if they had to in a large organization nobody owns these value streams they exist right mm-hmm. but nobody owns them and nobody's keeping track of them. No one knows the boundaries. No one knows where they start, where they finish. Everyone is sort of responsible for their piece, you know, their leg of the relay race. But all they know is that, you know, I hold out my hand at this point and the baton comes to me. And then at this point I hand it off to someone else and that's it. That works because I don't trip. And if, (laughs) if the baton makes it to me, everything is fine.
0: Yeah. So Your comment about larger organizations got me thinking about some like the differences between larger and smaller organizations. Like I totally see at scale how just waste can be totally hidden by not understanding the value stream. Of course, you're going to have bottlenecks in value stream of any you know of any size. Difference is going to be like number and magnitude of impact on operations. But in a larger organization, a larger system, you're more likely to have like larger waste is generally speaking but in the smaller organization where you're like five ten people like waste is not necessarily a problem there different kinds of bottlenecks so my i guess my question to you is like when the smaller organizations that you go through this exercise with i'm going to guess that they're not really focused more like eliminated waste but more on improving flow through other
1: means has that been your experience it's actually a little bit different than that. They're oh, yeah. mostly, yeah, they're mostly, I mean, flow to an extent. So here's <laughs> the here's the thing with small organizations. A lot of them are trying to figure out what's going on because they're all running at top speed. They hope they're running in the same direction.
0: But they don't know.
1: And they're headed in towards the same direction. But the level of chaos in a small organization that's kind of hoping for a hockey stick moment or in a hockey stick moment, Mm -hmm. there's just so much going on that people really don't understand what things should look like, what they could look like, and even what they do look like. I mean, people are just sort of doing the same thing that they were doing yesterday and kind of making incremental progress and really stressing out about how much they have to do and how little resources they have and how little time they have. So it's kind of like they're aiming for flow. They're aiming for more predictability, more clarity on what things should look like and how everyone can be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And then the side effects are that they develop this ability or this opportunity to kind of systematize some things, build out some lightweight structure that allows them to kind of scale. In a lot of these cases, you know, someone is stuck they could be leading a team but they're stuck because they're they're doing the work that they should be leading and they can't lead it because they're not able to kind of zoom out and look at the process that's there and operationalize that to hand it off to someone and they can't hire they can't train because they don't have time because they're they're busy sawing with a dull saw yeah. and what they need is that they need to step back and sharpen it and look at you know Am I might saw it, like people are sawing rocks and they're like, I thought this was a tree the whole time. And anyways, <laughs> there's a lot that can happen. And I think that, you know, this stepping away and mapping and really understanding with your team also, I think there's a, there's a big piece of this in small organizations is that you have to assume that every other person is fine and that they're doing their job without issue or else, you know, Like, you don't really have the opportunity to worry about other people and worry about the other contributors to the value stream. So, when you step away, you can see that, you know, Sam has been like killing themselves with this one area of the value stream that they own. And it's because somebody upstream of them doesn't give them a slightly different artifact that they could use that would make their life so much easier and cut down their workload by half. These things surface when you you do the the mapping and you step away as a team. But if you just operate a business as usual, Sam burns out. And, you know, it's an easy fix and it would just take a conversation, but it's not going to happen until you sort of see the big picture and see where that bottleneck is.
0: You know, it always surprises me like how gracious some people can be with their ability to do workarounds for other people, like just mm-hmm. to support other people. And it definitely comes from a good place. You know, like maybe you've, like you could be something as simple as like, hey, I need this in a PDF, but somebody gives you a Word doc and you're like, okay, fine. I'll just do whatever I need. I'll convert it. You know, I'm not going to bother that person with that thing. Like, it's fine. I'll do it. And then that sort of compounds over time and like scales up. And then when you look at it on aggregate, you're like, wow, that's kind of a problem. Like, (laughs) but this is, um, I think one of the other things Two, just to learn as a participant in these value streams, you know, like one really important uh, principle comes from, you know, the high velocity edge, or at least not from there, but I, I was introduced to it. The principle of Gdoka, which is like built-in validation, like don't mm-hmm. let defects leave your station, like don't propagate errors downstream. And the way that you do that is adding like a built-in check to the thing that you're doing to prove, like, hey, yes or no, this is good and like if the instructions say export you know a pdf and you have a word document well then you know that you need to like redo that to make sure that you don't cause problems downstream because the problems are always worse downstream they take longer to resolve and they have larger you know like larger downstream ramifications because you know it may not be propagated like one step but it might be forwarded down five or six steps before it actually gets used and then at that point who even knows what this thing is or, you know, what it's for. It's just that baton that's been passed and passed and passed. Yep. But now like we're back to the, just the importance of value stream mapping and understanding and like seeing the connections between everybody and like the work they did do. I think one thing that's nice about working in smaller organizations, that's where like most of my experience has been is you can really make like a personal and direct connection with the people that you're collaborating with. Like it can be really highly collaborative And it doesn't need to be like some, like, I'm, you know, crossing this department or like Mm -hmm. scanning this huge organization. No, I'm talking to Jill over there. I just messaged her on Slack and now look what we're able to do. But it's like connecting people to think like that and how, like, more effectively collaborate. I think really that's at the heart of what you're trying to do. You know, like, as you said earlier, the bottleneck is not individual contributions anymore. Like, the problem is how do we collaborate and scale that?
1: Yeah, I think that that I I find is a really valuable message of this approach is that it kind of lets people back into the understanding of the system in a way that you're not saying like everything is a system and you're not, you know, individuals. You don't have to hit people over the head with it. Going through the mapping helps people kind of realize on their own that we're all downstream from something and we're all upstream from something. And we're all just dealing with the flow of value as it comes to us and trying to make sure that it leaves us in a better state than it arrived. And that comes back to that that idea of like continuous validation and validating at every step. But it really helps people kind of understand that that upstream party, that other department in my organization that I hate (laughs) because they do nothing but shovel crap on me all the time. They're just dealing with crap they shuffled on them and, you know, all the way up. It's crap all the way up instead of turtles all the way down. Yeah. And I think that that really builds a sense of real empathy where you're not asking people to put themselves in other people's shoes. They sort of do it by the nature of this exercise. And they start to realize, you know, we are really on the same team dealing with the exact same goal. We are all playing a part. And we're all just contributing to this as a team. And I think that's really powerful. And there's not really other ways. You know, you can go through team building exercises and people are going to grumble and they're going to eventually going to love it if they do it. But a lot of teams don't do that sort of thing. But it also doesn't directly relate to their work. I think that the power of mapping is that you get that teamwork aspect of it. You get the team building. People learn more about systems and flow they learn about these things that matter to the business they learn language that matters to the business as well and vice versa too you know the, all the business people get to see the guts of oh that's how we actually do this thing mm. and that's really powerful because you know the marketing folks they would love to understand more about what goes on in software development and you know the sales folks are always they always feel like you know the tech People are so stuck up and they don't, you know, they don't want to explain anything to me. I don't understand why everything is always late and, you know, I don't want to ask them and and bother them and, and seem like an asshole. So seeing why everything is the way it is with that systematic view is so powerful for those reasons and many other reasons. It just like, it just accomplishes all these things by nature of the mapping and not the map right? That's the other big point that I kind of want to communicate to folks is that it's the act of mapping that's more important than the map. You could throw the map away once you're done with it and still be so much better off than you were before you started.
0: Yeah, because now you understand the connections in the system and that's where the handoffs and all of that, it's where real complexity can happen. So before we go, I want to ask you one more question, which is let's say that you know, the listener or listening to this and kind of nodding along and thinking, like, okay, yeah, sounds good, but what do I do? Like, how do I start with this? Like, is it I do value stream mapping or like, what do I do? If I'm thinking about flow and I want to improve it, where do I start?
1: Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was hoping to help folks with. I mean, the flow engineering book is really kind of a quick stab at laying down the basics, but in a way that I hope is kind of clear enough to people that and encourages them to actually start mapping on their own, even if they don't have any enthusiasm from their teams to do anything like this, you can start the ball rolling by just mapping yourself, right? Getting your understanding of the system and the flow and outcomes. You know, like if you've got a target that was passed to you by leadership and you're like, oh, okay, like fine, but like it doesn't seem that much better than the last thing that we were trying to do that we failed, If you take that and you run it through the outcome map and break it down, it becomes more real to you. You gain a stronger understanding of it and you can have better conversations with folks. And that can start driving some positive outcomes in your team. But you can build these maps on your own, full of holes right? You you can lay out the basics from your understanding. And not only are you going to feel more confident that, yeah, yeah, I really don't understand that. I should probably go have a conversation with this person. And and you can take the map, right? The map is a portable translator. It's a Rosetta stone that you can put in front of someone else and say, like, I feel like I understand this part, but this is a big foggy cloud to me. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about this? Because... You know, I'm trying to build out this picture of what the process looks like. And I feel like this is an opportunity for us, but I don't really understand much about it. Or, you know, I know that this thing takes a long time, but I don't really understand why it takes a long time and what is complicated. But from where I'm standing, it seems like it's the biggest bottleneck. And that can really start driving some powerful conversation, powerful, honest humble conversations where, you know, you're not throwing stones and making accusations. You're asking really valuable questions and they're not from like, what's your agenda, right? Right. Your agenda is very clear. You're showing someone the agenda. The agenda is this map and it's right now it's full of holes. I would like it to not be full of holes. That's my agenda. Yeah, And I think that's a step above the kind of scary, uncomfortable conversations that we think of having with other departments and people that we people whose roles we don't truly understand. We can approach them from a a position of curiosity. And they know that once you build out the map, they're going to get a copy of it, right? They're going to be able to see, you know, they're going to understand the things that they don't understand. And so they're kind of invested in building out this collaborative picture. And that's if you have nothing. Hmm. That's if nobody wants to do any mapping. But Odds are you've got enough people who are kind of interested in this. Hopefully, you you can convince some leadership who can actually make some changes and and sign off on some things, or at least support and give you some time to make some changes. And then you can just run you know run a meeting where maybe everyone eats lunch or you know I don't like forcing people to have meetings while they eat lunch, but if you're good if you're in an environment where that's the only time that you can get you can make progress with that. You, know, you can start mapping with that and you can make it a fun exercise that you come away with insights and you come away with a stronger team and a stronger sense of how you fit into the big picture and a new sense of energy and empowerment around your contribution to the big picture.
0: Yeah, my takeaway from what you just said is don't wait Like you can do it on your own. You can start on your own. You can make a difference for yourself and your own work or in your own area, which can then expand out to involve other people and slowly maybe snowball into something much bigger. But don't assume that you need like a fully integrated thing to start. You can start and build out. You'll get more value from doing that than if you were to wait. So Steve, thank you so much for making the time to come on the podcast and talk about fractal flow, flow engineering, and uh, the four key maps. Is there anything you'd like to leave the listener with
1: before we go? Yeah, I think that um, something just bubbled up while you were talking about you know getting started. Oh, it's the piece about you know a lot of people, Talk to me, and they're like, We would love to do this, but we're not ready to do this. We just need to be a little bit more organized, need a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. And that always kind of amused me because really, this is how you get time and you get space and you get organized, right? If you have no other method for that, it's not just going to happen, right? In, what else are you using to make space for yourself to gain a better understanding, to get some time? to sort things out or make your team feel more empowered. Mapping right now will do that. It makes the space and it gets you into a position where you can start to think a little bit more strategically. You can start to really make progress and not just you, your entire team and everyone that you work with. So I would say to people that the right time to start this is tomorrow. and. If anyone is curious about getting started with it, then I would very much encourage them to reach out to me and, and I'm happy to coach them through any any part of it that I can.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for the advice. And once again, thank you for coming on the show. And who knows, maybe we'll have you back again sometime. I hope so. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. You've just finished another episode of Small Batches, a podcast on building a high-performance software delivery organization. For more information and to subscribe to this podcast, go to smallbatches.fm. I hope to have you back again for the next episode. So until then, happy shipping. Like the sound of small batches? This episode was produced by Podsworth Media. That's podsworth.com.